What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bill Knob How. This is Gabby. And KT. We're back with another episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our last episode entitled Why Capitalism Loves Independence. Um, if you would like, you can follow us on social media at Building Our PWR on all social media channels. Also, if you would like to donate to the community fridge we got going on, you can do that. We have, uh, if you go to YouTube, we'll have some video footage of what we were able to do. We got about $400 worth of groceries, and it was greatly appreciated. Alright guys, so if you listened to our last episode, you know that we contracted COVID. Um, we had COVID last week. Still do. Um, so, I got a home test last Saturday. Said I had COVID, right? So, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to work. Um, I had to call this little CD, not CDC, this little COVID line for the school and uh, tell them pretty much that I was sick. So, they asked me when do I remember my first symptoms. I told them Saturday. And they said, okay, well, according to the CDC guidelines, um, you can come back in five days. So, yeah, you can come back on Thursday. And I was like, what? Wait. And then I also have to provide them with a positive PCR test. Not Which which I hadn't got yet. So I had to get, I had to schedule one of those. And... I literally was still sniffling. I literally was still congested. They wanted me to come back to work that week. I had just got the symptoms. I didn't come to work, though. But I took my COVID test on Thursday. It came back today. It said I'm still positive. But then people said it does not matter. Because as long as I don't have to take medicine to reduce the fever, it don't matter what else I got going on. It don't matter if I'm coughing, I'm sneezing, I'm coughing up loogies and stuff. As long as I don't have a fever, I need to go to work because they're not going to pay for anything else. And that's what we got going on right now, guys. All these sick people crammed up in these places with your unvaccinated children. And and just that's what we got going on. And for people to have the nerve to say something about teachers saying they don't want to be in this type of environment. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, your mama, your daddy, and all of y'all. Only three because minutes. I want to see y'all going to these schools, first of all, pre-COVID with all the germs, the boogers, mm-hmm. the, the PP, the boo-boo, all of that. And now add COVID to it. So shut up. Shut up. And that's that's pretty much what we got going on. I have to go to school because I'm not going to get paid. Yeah, and I think this kind of broadens up, like, kind of what we want to talk about a lot in this episode is about how the government looks at disability, how the government is looking at uh, you being sick and how you must, you know, like, there's no safety net for you, essentially. And so, um, yeah, what about, what What did, what was it that the CDC said? The CDC said something more recently. Oh, yeah, this lady, what was her name? Uh, Rochelle Walensky. She said, uh, she was on some show and they were like, you got pretty, you got some promising news now coming out about Omicron and the vaccine. She said, oh, yeah. She said, um, the overwhelming number of deaths, over 75% occurred in people who had four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were already unwell to begin with. So yeah, this is really encouraging news in context of the Omicron. It's really encouraging news to know that the people that died are people that we don't care about. Oh my god. 
That is so, that's so morbid. I told Gabby this, but it, it, that is so morbid to me. For you to say, oh, well, them people were sick before, so they're about to die anyway. Who cares? Like, are you fucking shitting me? To are you shitting me at this point? Like, are, are you absolutely serious? But to, and to use the word encouraging. In not to say, there's some interesting news. There's some sad, sad news. news. Because what is that saying? That's saying that the vaccine is really only supposed to work for people who aren't already sick. Right. So, the vaccine ain't working for you if you get disabilities. Or for majority of the people, if they get disabilities, but we don't care. We're not going to figure out a better way to treat them people. We ain't going to figure out what we need to change. It's just, who cares? And Gabby and I, we were curious, what does, uh, what's a comorbidity? What are they considering a comorbidity? And apparently, pretty much all of the United States has a comorbidity at this point. It's depression, it's high blood pressure, it's uh, being fat, it's, it's diabetes, diabetes stroke, like arthritis, sleep apnea, cancer, Anything. Yeah. Good luck. Basically, good luck, American people. You are dying. We don't really care. But here's my thing. That's what, that's what I'm telling KT about that. I'm trying to figure out, like, as far as people that I know in my community, my family concerned, I don't know anybody that's over the age, about 55, who ain't got at least one of these things. At least I ain't got hypertension, diabetes. So we're just saying anybody that's elderly, you finna die. Anybody... What? Who cares what happened? To, like, it. that is so... These people are bold now. It's literally no whole bars. <laughs> They're not even holding back. They're literally... It's not funny, but it is like... You have to laugh in order not to cry at this point. Because it's sick. It's literally sick. But anyway, this... Not only this part, but think about, too, like, when we talk about people with disabilities, how they're making it seem. It's like, well, those people were sick before, you know, they're not really contributing to, to the American capitalism, right? Yep. And so, Gabby and I were um, thinking about that, and we were like, okay, well, what would be, why would they say, like, okay, well, it's okay if those people die? And it's because the American government says something like, hey, you know what, actually, if these people are still alive, we're going to have to pay insurance. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to pay for, uh, we're going to have to pay life insurance. Life insurance. Or uh, retirement Not, stuff. Yeah, retirement stuff. Yeah. We're going to have to pay, we're literally going to have to pay disability, uh, social security. We're going to have to pay those things. And the government does not want to. Yeah. They will do anything to save a buck, even if that means killing millions of people. Millions of people for the sake of the dollar. And what else is interesting is I was looking up core morbidities, and they were saying how obesity is like the number one because of all these factors, this, that, and the third. And so I was looking up, you know, I, I had read that uh, the life insurance industry was one of the main industries that was pushing for the smoke bans and to ban cigarettes because that was that was pulling on their pockets. So I was like, I wonder if the life insurance industry has something to do with, you know, this fight against obesity and uh, all this uh, fat phobia and stuff like that. And I came across this article that was interesting when you think about capitalism and the way we view disability. Mm. Uh, it says obesity greatly increases the chances of disability due to cardiovascular disease or muscular skeletal illness. In one study of 51,000 adult fins, 
25% of disability pensions in women were found to result directly from obesity. Obesity causes increased health expenditure, decreased lifespan and productivity, and premature retirement. So with obese people, apparently, they're having to pay more out from the health insurance. I guess the health insurance is having to pay more out. Uh, they're not working as many hours, they're not working as much, and they're going to retire early so they can't contribute to capitalism as much as non-obese people, apparently. Now, I want to I wanna come in and say I hate the word obese. I know that's like what how it's said in uh, the medical industrial complex and stuff like that, but like at least for myself as an actual fat person, saying obese is kind of like gross in a way for them to say it like that. But anyway, long story short, I do want to say... I do want to add that majority of these quote-unquote things that Gabby found are also absolutely positively not true about fat people at all. Fat people live longer. That is a proven fact. Fat people can work just as hard as thin people. That's a proven fact. Like, we are, I just want to make it clear that what this thing says is clear fat phobia and that capitalism plays with fat phobia exactly. just as much as anything else. They yes. are intertwined. That's what I'm That was the whole point. That's yes. what I'm saying. Making this whole thing about comorbidities, aka majority of these folks were what we would call obese. So who gives a fuck because we was already paying disability to some of the people. They already probably weren't working. And so uh, who, who cares? So that brings us to um, the social safety net that we were talking about and how basically the united states like you know since all these uh new these people are going to be getting covid uh or they're gonna have covid covid um they're gonna become uh disabled like people are gonna become disabled because this is a virus that attacks your entire body right so gabby and i decided to look up hey you know what 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 would allow you to actually get disability in the United States? Um, if a lot of people are going to be newly disabled, okay? And so, yeah, basically what we found is that it's next to impossible to get disability here. Mm. It can take up to five years to get disability. This is with a lawyer. You have to go to court. You have to pay for that. Not to mention the fact that uh, while you are disabled, you also have to work. Uh, but guess what? If you don't work up to 20 hours, you're not going to be able to get food stamps. It's like these, these people, like our government, we talk, we say this literally all the time, but these, they literally do not care about us. Yeah. The only thing they care about is our labor and what we can do for them as the rich. Yeah, yeah. What I was looking it's, up- it's so frustrating for me as someone who is, who, like, again, I am actually fat. But regardless, it's like, I'll never be able to get on disability even if I had a disability. I'll never be able to use any type of social services again as long as I'm alive, essentially, if I'm not working for the capitalist system. Yeah. Uh, from what I read, it said about only 35% of people who apply in total, which is out of millions of people, actually get approved. And you got to think about, like, as far as, like, yeah, you're right. You'll never get it. Because you got to think, the like, CDC there's, there's said- people that are, like, 
there's people that like literally are bedridden their entire lives. Yeah. Like those those folks in front, and even they might not even get it because of the way that it's going. But like you said, they don't want to because what what are you contributing to capitalism? They having to pay more for you than you giving in. There's literally in their frame point. This is bad to say. You literally should not even be here. Like what are you doing here? It's sick. That is so more. But didn't you say that you read on the CDC that one in four people are disabled? One in four people so in America one, are disabled. So if one in four people are disabled in America and only 35% of people are being approved for disability, what? Everybody else, you just better figure it out. Are and you shitting me? Like, I, like that, that blows my mind. It, so you're telling me that a lot of people, like America, one in four people have a disability and only 35% of those one in four people are actually approved for benefits. So what are they doing? They're going to be uh, food, they're going to be food insecure. They're going to be house insecure. Minimum wage is still seven twenty five. And it's lower if you have a disability. It's lower if you have a disability. You can't get food stamps from being disabled unless the state says that you're disabled. And even then, it's going to take you five up to five years in order for you to get the state to verify that you are, in fact, disabled. If they even do that. And so, really, what we're trying to get to now is this myth of there being a damn social safety net. Um, that <laughs> there ain't no social safety net because, no. uh, at least in Tennessee, I don't know how else y'all be doing it. Uh, you have to work. You have to work at least 20 hours, but then you can't make over a certain amount. Like, for me, in a year, I make... For food stamps? Yeah, mean? for food yeah. stamps. I make, like, 22000 a year. Nothing. I cannot get food stamps uh, because that is too much. It does not matter... If I have enough money to fill up my fridge, they decide that I do not, I, I make too much. But check this out also, which is interesting to me is that, and we've talked about this previously together, but like how the fact that uh, you as a teacher, you don't work two months out of the year. You don't qualify for food stamps because you make too much. But then you also cannot get unemployment in the state of Tennessee during those two months because you're a teacher. Yeah. What I work for sense the does that make? Yeah. And then people, I know for a fact, people are going to be like, well, you live in a red state. Well, you live in a red state. I don't care. I don't care where I live. If I lived in a blue state, I don't care. I'm positive that it's just as hard to get on food stamps. So, I'm positive it's just as hard to get on disability because these are not, these are not individual issues, individual state issues. Mm-mm. These are national issues that national happen. Issues. Yeah, every, everybody. We talk about it every time. We talk about this all the time. Reagan cut uh, them, quote unquote, untitled George H.W. Bush, uh, Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama, Trump, uh, Biden. All of them have cut. So it ain't even got nothing to do with the state. The the NAS, the federal level has cut the, yeah. the the quote unquote entitlement funding. So 
this like you said, it has nothing to do with states. It has to do with capitalism. It has to do with this system. I mean, too, same thing with fat phobia, like you were talking about. Uh, people often they put it as like this individual health issue, where it's just individual people that are the problem. But if you're looking at it the, the standpoint as well, fat people, you know, we can't even qualify for food stamps. So that makes us food insecure, which people have done studies that say that poor people are larger because they are food insecure and they cannot eat three meals a day, healthy three meals a day because they're food insecure. Like it's constantly, capitalism is literally, Gabby and I said this, they are fucking us in the ass every single way. And and not fucking us in the ass in a good way. <laughs> no, we ain't like We're it. not liking it. Not it's very terrible. Like it's awful. Yeah. And and something else I was thinking about because I was just thinking about the absurdity now in my uh twenty eight years of living that the the government and the media was able to put this stigma on food stamps. <laughs> food stamp. I was telling KT, this ain't health stamps, this ain't car stamps, this ain't clothes stamps. You can't buy this ain't paper. Get a TV stamp. This is food. Yeah. Food. And people think that is, oh no, you should not be able to eat. Why? <laughs> because I work for a shitty job and I ain't got no balls and no vagina. To say anything to my boss and ask for a raise. And I can't fill up my fridge. So you shouldn't be able to fill up your fridge. But here's the thing. Would you switch places with the person that is getting food stamps? No, because they can't even make no money. We can't. People who are on food stamps, at least in the state of Tennessee, cannot have assets more than $2,500. So if your car is worth more than $2,500, you're automatically declined for food stamps. And, like I said, if you don't work at least 20 hours, you can't get food stamps anyway. So it's like they're in a limbo of... Like, even if they want... They were like, I need money to pay for my rent. Like, I need a better job. Yeah. Okay, well, then you're not going to have food. <laughs> then it's like, or it's like, I want to have food for my fridge. Okay, well, then you're not going to have enough money to live somewhere better. Yeah. So, that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we got. And, and again, we said all this to, to combat that myth. Because apparently, even now, with this pandemic, and us seeing the, the reality of everything, we can see that... Yeah, there's America does not care if you're poor. They're leaving us here to die. Um, and that is the way it is. Um, and I don't want to leave y'all with, like, just the, the doomer mentality because, you know, that's who we are. But, like, uh, yeah, that, that's why we need each other. Like, that's why we say every single episode, we need you. You need us. That We need our community. Because without our community, people... Without the people that are helping us, without us helping you in any possible way that we can, we're we're literally going to be like this for the rest of our life. And I refuse. I refuse. No, no, no. Yeah, that that's literally. It's gotten to the point where there is nothing. The nonprofits ain't doing it. No, <laughs> nobody's uh-huh. doing it. We literally have to do it ourselves and that's why we're gonna push every single time we go on this damn episode mutual aid and and community building and helping each other out because that's all we get like when i tell y'all as soon as we we can't even get done with putting the last piece of groceries in the fridge and we already got a line over there of people needing food like it's, it's really gotten that bad so if you have anything 
if you have anything, you need to be giving it up to the people around you. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear that. You I don't care if you make known. 100K. I don't care if you think you're the working class. I don't give a fuck. If you get extra money, you need to be helping somebody. You shouldn't have any excess wealth. And Gabby and I talked about this because, you know, there's always that debate on Twitter. Like, I feel like we're kind of going on a rant now. But there's always a debate on Twitter where they're like, well, I make 100K and I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, dude, your little literal car payment is the same amount as my rent every single month. Mm. Your, uh, like, you, you have excess wealth. Or you would not be able to afford those things. Yeah. Poor people cannot afford to buy a car. Poor people cannot afford uh, literally to stock their fridge every single day. Poor people cannot afford those things that we have to take. Like, we can't even get Spotify even if we wanted to. Yes, it's just $5. But that $5 could go, go towards uh, five pieces of, uh, of ramen noodles for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't think about the actual money and what actually goes into existing yeah and that's why again we have to combat this individualism yeah it's over with this is dystopian times we over here with the hunger games everybody has to come together y'all need to cut out that damn anti-black bullshit cut yes. out that misogynist bullshit the yes. homophobic transphobic bullshit because y'all are literally wasting time Y'all are wasting time being damn bigots. And that's going to be y'all let us out in the cold because there's, there, yeah, we have to come together. That's all I can say. Um, so, if y'all need any help with um, locating some mutual aid groups in your city, we will put a link there. Uh, we'll see if we can find some articles to help on uh, if you would like to start a pantry, community pantry, community fridge, um, and uh, link to some mutual aid Twitters as well. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, guys, that's all I got. That's all we have. And I mean, yeah. we're doing what we can, right? We're doing what we can, and we hope that other people are doing what they can. Like, don't be, don't be that person that sees somebody on the road and you're not offering to get them something. Don't be that person that sees a neighbor outside picking up leaves and you don't offer to pick up leaves with them if you have time and you have the energy to do it. Like, like care, care for one another, long story short. But yeah. um, th- we're kind of going to switch gears a little bit. This is a little bit longer episode. But we want to update you guys on what happened two, what was it, two episodes, episodes ago, ago where we talked about we went into a neighborhood with houses that we had seen that were bigger, bigger than we have ever seen before. And we said, this is violent. That was our reaction. We said, these houses are violent. This land here is violent. Um, We said we'd research it, and we would get back with you guys and tell you what we found. So, that's what we did. Uh, I actually looked it up. The area that we're talking about is called East Memphis, uh, and within that area, there is a White Station Road. It's a very big road. A lot of people know about White Station Road. They know about White Station High School here in Memphis, things like that. Long story short, the whole area was actually owned originally by someone named... Uh, Epi White. Epi White, yeah. So who was Epi White? He was... Uh, a col- what do you call it? A colonel. Colonel? 
for the Confederate, yeah. And he owned 9,000 acres. 9,000 acres that was a plantation mm-hmm. that he stole from natives that lived here. Yep. Yep. So, so whenever we were over there and we were like, man, this just seems so violent. Why do they have these gigantic houses with these, this big old land? It's because it literally was violence. I mean, that was that, that's literally the only way you can make that much money yeah. from slave labor. And again, like I said, even now they still making the money off the still. ancestors of the slaves. Yeah, because his uh, that Epi White guy, his great great grandson is a big CPA, so like an accountant here in Memphis, and is is fucking rich and also owns properties. Like owns I said. properties again, like we already said. So yeah, two of those people were on TikTok. They were saying, "Oh, you're overreacting." Those people work for what they have, and it's not violent. Shut the fuck up, just like everybody else. And uh, do some research on your own neighborhood. Look at them rich neighborhoods. Look them up in the history books, and you'll find a slave owner. You will. Um. So yeah, guys, that's pretty much all <laughs> we want to talk about uh, today. Um, if you have anything you'd like to comment, you can comment in our YouTube or you can hit us up on social media at building RPW or you can hit KT up at KT underscore does art. You can hit me up at Gab Beats Music. Um, and yeah, if you'd like to help us, uh, stock up our local community fridge, you can do that. Link will be in the bio. 100% of it goes to the fridge. 100% of it goes to the fridge. And that's pretty much it. We're out.